work. Doing this new tool with it, lady, where the goal is for all ladies to be the best versions of ourselves. And if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain your sanity while we do it. Nutrition is your new addiction. Go on and work it, lady. Yeah, that's how you work it, lady. Hello, and how are you doing? We are ready to go ahead and get started um, with today's session of Ask a Nutrition Coach. How are you doing? I hope you had a great weekend, and I know you are here to work, okay? Um, I have gotten some really great questions. There was one topic that I will kind of touch on at the end, kind of just a filler topic that I wanted to chat a little bit about. Um, but then I got so much good feedback from you guys that I wanted to go ahead and use um, the questions that were sent in, the concerns that were sent in um, as the primary talking point for today. So today we are going to be talking about uterine fibroid causes and symptoms okay thank you so much uh to cleveland health for the lovely graphic okay fibroids if you are a black american woman or a woman in general this episode is going to be something you're going to want to key in on because this is a big issue and it's very very preventable okay um some of us have a harder time with that than others. Some of us are genetically predisposed to having fibroids and uterine issues, hormonal issues, but there is a lot that we can do. Um, we may not fully resolve it all, but that there is a lot that we can do, okay? So, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Let me just kind of touch on just a little bit um, the initial... Um, topic or the initial question that I was asked. So just so you know, if you are new to this, um, you are able to ask me uh, via DM any nutritional health question, anything that's personal to you, maybe it's a symptom or a situation or a disease that you actually have or a symptom you're experiencing, you're more than welcome, uh, welcome to DM that to me. Um, or if it's just a random question. So this is one that came in. I did not have the opportunity to ask this lovely lady who follows us and is a part of the community here if I had permission to um, shout her out. So I will not be shouting um, her name out, but I will be um, just um, sharing a little bit of what she shared. Basically, she is sharing that she um, has fibroids and that um, she's been battling these for quite a long time. She has actually um, had her surgically removed and they have actually come back. So she just wanted to know, you know, some information on the causes of fibroids, what she could do um, as far as her diet um, and things like that to um, prevent a future reoccurrence and anything that she could do to basically help with this issue. So this is such a good one. Um, and I really want to go in on this one. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started here. Okay. And don't forget that anytime during this, you are able to, um, drop information in the chat. So if you have a question, if I'm talking about something and you're like, Ooh, I got a question on that. Drop it in the chat, drop it in the chat. Okay. Um, let me go ahead and get the rest of this information up here. Okay. Bear with me for moment mm, this is 
things acting a little crazy today. All right. Okay. So when we talk about fibroids, first, I need us to understand the causes and when these issues are especially problematic when in a woman's life, okay? When, when, when in a, in a woman's life do we really, really, really need to key in and pay attention to this, okay? So I really love this chart because estrogen, okay? So fibroids and estrogen are really at the root of the issue. Estrogen is at the root of fibroid issues. It usually is a result of estrogen dominance. Um, and there is a lot that we are usually unknowingly um, doing or eating that is actually contributing to us having estrogen dominance. Okay. So now there are some biological things that are just happening and occurring naturally that we're not aware of. And that's why I wanted to put this estrogen chart out here so that you can really get a good idea. So if you are in the age bracket of your 20s, okay, you actually have not peaked yet with your estrogen levels, okay? You actually start to peak with your estrogen levels in your late 30s and into your 40s. That's also why women around that time are at their sexual peak as well because as you know, estrogen is a sex hormone and it goes in with, you know, having a um a healthy libido and all that business. So, you know, that's why a lot of women around this time, you know, um Things are just changing, okay? But it's because we're actually at a spike. And this also, interestingly enough, if you're a healthy woman, is when you can actually be the most fertile, okay? Is when you are in this level with your, your higher estrogen, okay? But see, what happens is, we go through life and we're unaware of this information in our 20s. We are loading ourselves up with an abundance of estrogenized foods that are going to increase our estrogen dominance. Um, it's going to give us excess belly fat. It's going to give us um, uterine issues, health issues, cholesterol issues. So then half the time, by the time we reach 30 or into our 40s, We've already done so much damage, we can't fully reap all the benefits of this age bracket, okay? Your 30s and your 40s, and even into your 50s, according to this chart, is when you are going to be feeling your most womanly, okay? You've got your estrogen in full swing, okay? So this is really our prime time. But again, because we are eating so badly, we're done at 30, and then we're dealing with so many health issues that impact our libido and give us other issues that then we don't reap the benefits of being a healthy woman in her late 30s, in her 40s, in her 50s, okay? Um, now, let's talk about how this affects, again, with the fibroids. So if you notice, you think about it, usually in your 20s, you may have like small fibroids. Now, this is changing every day. Now, I'm talking with young girls. They're like, oh, I'm 21 and I have fibroids. 
And I'm like, man, you know, um, I really did start down that road. And a lot of us did because we just weren't aware of how much sugar, how much dairy, how much all these things um, affect our estrogen levels and kind of mess us up. So, again, we've got our these are our natural estrogen levels where they're supposed to be at in the 10 year age bracket increments. So that's just naturally occurring. Okay, this is where we're going to be at natu naturally. Now, let's say you are a woman that's 40 years old, but for the past 20 years, you've been eating estrogenized foods and um, not eating enough green veggies and not getting enough exercise. Now, your estrogen level is literally like off this chart. It's so high. It's ridiculous. And that's why now we are starting to see... Um, for that woman, the development of fibroids, polycystic ovarian disease, all these things. And the worse your diet is, the sooner these issues are going to start to show up. Okay. So again, typically if you, if this was 20 years ago, women weren't starting to see fibroids until like the age of 35. Now people are having fibroids and polycystic ovarian disease in their twenties. And it's because, again, of the diet. So diet and genetic predisposition, which we are going to get into all of that, okay? So then what happens is, you know, when you are in your later 50s, 60s, is when your estrogen levels start to go down. And then that is when a lot of women who've had fibroids their entire life go, oh my goodness, I went and got a sonogram and they said that my fibroids shrunk in half. Or now I don't even have fibroids anymore. That's because estrogen is really what is feeding that because estrogen is also a growth hormone, okay? Um, that's, we need estrogen to go babies. We need estrogen for a natural um, cycle, um, menstrual cycle. But when it's too much or too high and you have these um, exterior, I'll call it, estrogen sources that are permeating the body um, via all the estrogenized foods, the excess sugars, then you get like crazy amounts of estrogen. And there is a difference between estrogen, oestrogen, all these things. I won't go super deep into that today because I'm going to try to stay on topic as best as I can, but um, you're basically um, throwing things off. And then, of course, too, even with the dairy, that is actually animal estrogen, which is not the same as um, the estrogen that our body makes. Um, and you're getting um, growth hormone from that, plus the growth steroids that they add to the cow. So now you start to see how a woman on this scale, you know, right here is where we're talking at, because, you know, this is this is the time when, yes, you're your most healthiest and feeling like a woman and you've got all your, your sexy hormones going on. But also, this is the time when cancer starts to, to develop. And that's, again, estrogen dominance. Okay, uh, gynecological cancers, breast cancers, all of that is fueled by estrogen. Okay, so we have to be very careful. These are the times, again, in your 20s, you could play around a little bit. Okay, but once you start getting into here, you really have to knuckle down and make some dietary changes, or you're going to start to feel all of those effects. Okay, and we don't want that. We definitely, definitely do not want that. Okay, so let me see here now. Um, I think I had some um, statistics that I wanted to share. Of course, you know that this is something that um, affects Black women especially. Now, here is my theory on that. I, I have a theory on that that I want to share with you, and you'll probably agree. Okay, I hope I can get this up here to 
the way I can see it. Okay. Um, let's see if I can get this up here to where I can see it. Sometimes you guys can see stuff. Um, and then I can't see it as well. So let's do it that way. Okay. Now let's talk about some genetic things here. So patterns of gene expression, the degree to which the genes are turned off or on in uterine muscle tissue. Okay may explain why fibroids disproportionately affect black women, suggests a study supported by the National Institutes of Health. Understanding the factors that contribute to racial disparities in uterine fibroid disease can inform treatment and prevention approaches, okay? Now, there was some more. This went on a little bit more here. Let me see if I have that, okay? Um what also happens is that researchers have observed that higher expression of the von Willebrand factor gene VWF in the uterine muscle of black women compared to that of white women provides instruction for a protein that helps to regulate vascularization, the formation of blood vessels. Higher vascularization could indicate that the uterine muscle tissue of black women contains more vascular smooth muscle cells from which many scientists suspect fibroids arise, okay? Now, this work was led by Jose M. Texaria. He's a PhD of Michigan State University. Um, and this was um, a research study funded by uh, NIH's Eunice, Eunice Kennedy Shriver and Institutes of Health, Child Health and Human Development, okay? So, this was very interesting. So there is some genetic predisposition um, here for black women. That is one portion of it. Um, my theory that kind of ties in with this is for black women, um, we genetically have very greasy diets. And if you had ever taken my class, I explained to you how when we eat greasy foods, it goes into our stomach, it hits our uh, large and small intestines, where that grease then gets absorbed into our bloodstream. And our uterus is very absorbent and spongy type tissue. And so it really will hold on to all of that grease. It's going to affect your heart and it's going to affect your uterus, okay? So when we have been eating from way back, if you want to go way back, um, even African women, um, West Africans have a diet that's usually pretty high in palm oils, which is a very heavy oil. Now, the thing is with those women is that they're doing a lot of diet and exercise. I'd say up until about 30 years ago when things started to become really westernized in West Africa. And now women are becoming more like we are here in America sitting behind a desk. And so now the fact that, you know, before them having a diet that was high in palm oils really wasn't affecting them because they were working it off, basically. But now that, you know, the, the lifestyle has changed a bit, they are also starting to see massive uterine fibroids growth. I mean, affecting very young, young African girls. Okay. So that's, that's part of our genetic makeup as black Americans. Okay. So you've got our genetic predisposition here um, from this research, research study. You've got even from way back to Africa, um, you know, the palm oil thing. And then again, let's let's talk about that a little bit more. Africans also eat um, things that are a little bit more healthy um, too. Again, up until about thirty years ago, when things started to become more westernized. Western, ugh, I'm talking too fast. Westernized, okay. 
So, um, you know, they had a diet that was really high in nuts, which is really good. Um, lots of leafy greens, lots of veggies, lots of fruit. So again, when you're doing all that and exercising, you can have a little bit of, you know, greasy foods and things like that. And you're not going to be as bothered by it. Okay. Now let's fast forward that. Let's cross the ocean. Okay. And let's see how that affects us who are black Americans. Okay. So then once we landed here, right, we were eating what a lot of the meats that were left over the greasy, fatty meats. And again, hit our, <laughs> our great, great grandmama's stomach went into her uterus and gave her fibroids and things like that. But again, great, great grandma was working out in the field. We're not doing that now. We're behind desks. Okay. Um, we're sitting in front of laptops all day. So now all of that is stacking up, it's stacking up. Now let's fast forward that even further. Um, you know, a lot of us, um, you know, in the black community, we just have not had some of the opportunities um, and access to healthier foods. If you grew up maybe in um, a more urban area, um, if you grew up on a fixed income, even a lot of the, um, you know, um, provisions and things like that did not always include um, the ability to buy uh, fresh produce and things like that. So um, these things do effect. Okay. Um, so again, um, even if you want to go one generation back um, now, you know, if you are a millennial or Gen Z, we're much more aware of diet and nutrition than let's say our parents were who were generation Jones or maybe even baby boomers where, you know, it was just like, Hey, fat back in the greens, you know, um, let's have bacon and eggs every single day. Um, you know, a stick of butter in the grits, all that business. Okay. And so, you know, they ate that way. And so now that shows up with us now also factored in with that guys is the fact that a lot of us, you know, have also been drinking a lot of sodas, um, giving our kids um, all these Cheetos and, you know, unhealthy processed foods from a very early age. This is why now in a lot of the urban areas, we're starting to see girls getting their period as early as seven years old, estrogen dominance, genetic estrogen dominance from all of those years and all of that stuff stacking up. Okay. So these are the reasons. And why am I going so deep into the reasons? Because for us to make change and do the work, because that's what we do. We on work at lady podcast. We do the work. We are working this out. You know, we have to get this information and make the changes for our health. Okay. And I feel that when you can actually say, this is the reason and pinpoint it, we're more likely to make the changes. That's what my situation was, okay? Um, so uh, this is great information for us to have, okay? Any questions on that? Any questions on that? I see we got a couple here in the chat. Hello, how you doing? Um, let me make sure I have not missed any questions, okay? If you did have some, okay? So far, we're good, okay? I'm going to press on. Let me go ahead. <clears throat> excuse me and get my next thing up here and take a swig of water i told y'all we was gonna do some work today i'm up here breathing heavy and sweating and everything okay because i got bust so much time to do this and i'll have so much to say because i want to help okay so yes now let me get my other graphic up here it's a shame that you know i would say this is about a 50 50 you know issue you know not not all of it is in our control. It's and not all of this is our fault, but the part that we can fix, we should. And you might not see that 
fully change in your generation. You might not reap all the benefits yourself, but your children will and your grandchildren will. So that's why we got to do this now. You know, this is serious business. Okay. Serious business. Okay. Uh, let's get this up here. Let's talk about some of the risk factors for uterine fibroids, risk factors, some things that we may not be aware of. Okay. Man, sometimes this screen just does me dirty and I can't even see everything. Oh, no, that ain't what I want to do. Okay, let me get this up here. Risk factors, okay? Genetic factors, which we talked about, extra weight. And that is just because if you're carrying extra fat, fat in itself carries a lot of extra hormone, okay? So that's the reason why. Um, if you're African-American, vitamin d deficiency and you know african-americans black americans we tend to have vitamin d deficiencies because we have more melanated skin so our sun our skin does not absorb it as quickly from the sun so we usually will need a vitamin d supplement birth control can also do it okay early onset of periods i was talking about that before so if you got a seven-year-old that's already starting her period change her diet immediately because she'll probably have fibroids by the time she's 15. Okay, this is how far this is backing up now, guys. It's really a problem. Okay, it's a problem. Now, um, diet low in fruits and veggies is also an issue. Okay, um, and we're going to talk about fruit and veggies when we talk about the prevent uh, prevention and how to kind of reverse some of this naturally. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Also, alcohol, okay? Alcohol will actually mess with your hormones also. So that's another reason for that, okay? And I want to thank, who am I thanking for this graphic? This is the Atlanta Fibroid Center who provided um, this nice graphic, okay? So let's push on a little bit more, okay? Any questions, throw them in the chat. I am here for you, girl. That is what we are doing up here, okay? Mm, we talked about those risk factors. Oh, let's talk about some more risk factors, okay? Because this this one had a little bit more um, information um, that was not covered on the other one. So, pro-inflammatory nutrition habits. So, if you're eating a lot of inflammatory foods, you know, um, grains, sugars, things like that, which are so good, right? But um, we do need to limit those. That um, can be a problem. Also, sluggish liver function, okay? That is also another issue. Um, liver function is so important to actually helping with our uterus. It helps to regulate hormones. It helps to clean out extra things that don't belong in a lot of cases, including hormones, okay? So keep your li liver healthy. Don't overdrink is very important, okay? Um, let's get that one down. And let's come in here with, let's see, what was the next point that I wanted to talk about? Um, okay, now let's go into some things we can do to prevent. How do we help? How do we help? How do we help? Bam, girl, this is so easy and so hard at the same time. Ding, 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 ding cruciferous vegetables okay cruciferous vegetables are going to be especially good for helping with any type of estrogen driven issue 
um, that is relate, you know, about gynecological health. So anything with your uterus, you are going to want to eat these things like crazy. Now, if you're like me and you have Hajimoto's, you have got to limit these a little bit because it can have some adverse effects for your thyroid. But these are so, so good because these have good estrogens in them that are naturally occurring and they help to balance your estrogen naturally. Okay. So let's talk about prevention. Let's think about that chart that we saw earlier. So let's say that when we are in our 20s and in our 30s, before we are priming with our estrogen, if we have had lots of broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts in our diet, we are not going to be seeing those issues in our 40s and 50s as much. We might develop like a teeny tiny fibroid. I think I read one statistic that said um, 60% of women, regardless of race, will see fibroids um, one or more um, in their lifetime, which, you know, that's, that's like everyone now, because we're all eating grease, we're all eating junk, but um, black women are affected three times, we're three times more likely to have fibroids, um, and, you know, than Caucasian women, it's, uh, I think it goes black, uh, then um, Latino, Indian, uh, Asian, and then white, or I'm sorry, white and then Asian, I believe. There's lots of um, varying um, uh, charts out there with the race breakdown, um, but that that's about what it is, okay? So if we consume these, right, we'll have less of that issue. And if you really stop and think about it, okay, think about an Asian diet. And Asians are some of the women who have uh, least, problems in these issues. Now, a lot of Asian women get fibroids. What are they eating? Right? They're eating a lot of stir fry. They're eating a lot of fresh veggies. Okay? They're eating veggies that have natural um, phytonutrients and natural estrogens in them that are regulating the estrogen that our bodies make. Right? So this is a really, really good thing. So if you are having issues with this, I really, really, really encourage you to go ahead and start including this in your diet. How can you do it, okay? Um, do you need to have this as your plate for every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? No, but sit there and ask yourself for just one minute, when is the last time I had some raw broccoli? When's the last time? It has probably been years. Most women report that they go years without eating raw veggies or veggies, period. You know, it's always something that's heavily processed or heavily cooked to the point that there's really no nutritional value left. The only veggie that really gains more nutrients when you cook it is carrots. So this is really a big problem. So let's get these in the diet. Just make a small goal. Start small. I'm going to try to have, you know, two little bulbs of raw broccoli every day. Don't even change anything else you're doing because you got to start with baby steps. And to really make a solid change, you got to just do one small thing different and then build on that. So I challenge you, if you're having issues in this, um, just go to the grocery store, get you a little broccoli tree, okay? Keep it in your fridge. Once a day, just pull a piece off and eat it. That's it, okay? It's not always going to be some magical thing in a can, you know, that someone is selling you or hair relaxer, you know, that, hey, you know, people are getting fibroids because they use hair relaxer. It's not. It's because most black women get fibroids. And we also are the ones who also use hair straighteners. 
it's not because of the hair straighteners. Now that's going to be a whole nother episode because there's a lot of misinformation going around out there with the fibroids. Um, and it's because of hair straightener, hair relaxer. It's not, it's not, that's a whole nother one. Stick around and subscribe. If you want to see me do that breakdown as to why that is not the case. Okay. Um, so yes, so eat these types of veggie guys. This is really going to help. Um, this can actually help shrink your fibroids, but I will tell you this, there is never going to be, once you have fibroids, until you either just age out of them, where your body's making such little estrogen that they shrink on their own, but that can be over 15, 20, 30 years, and you're going to be collecting health problems as a result of your anemia from the blood loss from your fibroids over all that time. Not a good idea to just wait it out, okay? You're either going to just have to have them removed. That's what the best course of action is going to be, just to have them removed. Because trying to wait until you age out of it, you're going to increase your, your health problems by doing that, okay? Let me take a swig. We are working today. I'm working, okay? Um... So, yes, yeah, so there are some natural things we could do. This will certainly help your body regulate your estrogen. It will um, make your womb a more healthy place. But if you're already having this issue with fibroids, this you eating broccoli every day is not going to take them away. And I want to say that because a lot of us are looking for a a natural fix that is going to literally take our issue away. And I'm a realist and I have done a lot of research on this. I've spoken to a lot of women with this and there's a lot of research on this too. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. It's about prevention. Now, if you get them removed and then you change your diet, you may not have as big of a reoccurrence or you may not have any reoccurrence of fibroids at all. But if you don't do anything, it's only going to get worse. Okay. Um, all right. All right. How are we feeling? If you are liking what you're hearing, drop me a comment in the chat. Okay. Go for it. Um, let's talk a little bit more here. One other thing I want to share with you. Let's talk some more about these veggies that can help with our fibroids, anti-estrogenetic foods, okay? Anti-estrogenetics. That means the foods that are going to help us fight the bad estrogen. We don't want the bad estrogen. We want the good estrogen and we want to regulate our estrogen naturally with the foods that we eat, okay? So let me talk about this one because there was a couple on here that I wanted to really point out. Another way for you to really kind of regulate your estrogen naturally without doing too much work when you're first making the change is to add avocado to your meals. So whatever you're eating, if you're having, you know, fried chicken and rice and fish, okay, throw some avocado on it. Just start with that. And then as you go along, you might be able to say, you know what, I could sub the mac and cheese and have a piece of fried chicken and avocado. I'm certainly not advocating for fried chicken, although that's one of my favorite foods that you have that every day, but I'm just trying to give you a baby step to start on so then you can kind of make, you know, the change from there. Other things you want to include, garlic is a very good um, fat buster, and that is good for helping your body to also fight estrogen as well, because remember, 
estrogen kind of lives in fat. Okay. It's like part of it kind of. So this is something that you want to key in on. Okay. Um, I don't really like the fact that they have the coconut oil up there. I wanted to point that out because coconut oil is not something you should be having in large amounts. So I wanted to point that out, although I was going to share it. Um, other things that are good, turmeric tea is excellent. Ginger is excellent. Parsley is amazing. Dandelion leaves, scallions, chives, all of these things, nuts. We don't eat enough nuts as black Americans anymore. Um, and that's another reason why we have these issues. Um, a lot of nuts have selenium, which also help with uterine health. Um, and there's a lot of evidence that suggests um, diets that are high in nuts, um, especially nuts that have omega threes and sixes, threes and sixes, I think that's correct, um, are very good for our uterine and female health. So definitely start eating more nuts. I have a big old jar of walnuts that sits on my counter constantly because I want my little ladies eating them um, because they're still developing, right? And I want to eat them too. Um, very good. Also a good source of protein and protein synesis uh, is something that you have to key on too, because if your body cannot um, have enough protein and it cannot um, send protein to where it needs to go in the body, you're going to have to start having um, things get out of whack as well. Okay. Um, all right. This was a really helpful one. If you really have some work to do, if you're like, man, I need to just do a whole like health body makeover, I want to give you a little recipe what you can do, okay? Take yourself some raw turmeric. Take yourself some raw ginger. Put it in a blender, okay? Add you just a teeny, teeny, tiny little bit of garlic, okay? I know this sounds super gross. Now, before I tell you to finish this recipe, consult a doctor. Make sure you don't have like any major heart issues. If you if you got like low blood pressure or maybe even high blood pressure, um, you know, check with your doctor first because this will um, do some blood change, uh, blood pressure changes, um, lower it for most people. Um, just just make sure you do that check first. And then what you're gonna want to do is add in something like kale, okay? and then a little bit of lemon. What this is going to do is, it is going to help you burn a lot of fat, and this is actually a uterine cleansing, okay? This is so good because all of that super, super, super green yumminess with the turmeric and the ginger, which are great um, at destroying fat cells and balancing our hormones naturally, is going to seep into that uterus and start to change the environment, okay? So do that. Again, it is turmeric, ginger, lemon, and kale. You are going to want to do that little mixture, blend it up in your blender, add water to it, make it however thick or thin you want it, and have that um, daily if you can, just to give yourself a jump start. If you're overweight, this is going to be great because it's going to give you a jump start and weight loss. If you are at the weight you should be or a little bit under, I would say add some protein to this and maybe do it every other day or even farther in between than that because you're going to lose even more weight. Um, that's a big mistake I was making for a really long time. And that can actually cause you adverse health um, events as well. So there is a balance with everything. You can't have too much of a good thing. So we just have to um, be careful. Okay. Now, 
I am going to open this up for a moment for anybody who has any questions on what we just went over today on Ask a Nutrition Coach. Any questions? Okay, I see we got a couple here in the chat. Anything, anything, anything. Okay, if you come up with anything, just drop it in there. Let me just talk a little bit um, just for my IG followers because I had put out a um, notice that I was going to be talking about um, French fries today and how bad they are. So let me get um, that one up. Did I have one on that? I think I did. French fries are something that recently your girl has come to realize I have to cut back on child i'm doing damage to myself with the french fries and you are too and you probably don't realize it um so yeah we we gotta do some work um you know change is all about change it's all about change so even myself as a nutrition coach i could change i need to be doing better stuff okay um let's see here talked about cruciferous veggies so about French fries, what makes French fries so bad um, in general, and then I'm going to even tie them into our uterine health, is that French fries are already high on um, the glycemic index. Okay, so if you have been eating bad like me for a long time, um, you are going to want to go ahead and get French fries out of your diet or limit them. I will still have them occasionally. This is a change that I really started about two months ago. And I ain't going to lie, it's been hard, girl. This has been a hard one for me. And I don't like it because French fries are like my thing, man. I love, love, love French fries and potatoes. So now I try to have them sauteed, you know, with olive oil or baked, but not the deep fried. So number one, they're high on the glycemic index. And, and as we start to get a little bit older, all of that sugar is basically just going to start stacking up on us. So this is just a food that's kind of easy to eliminate. The other issue, which ties into what we're talking about today and um, estrogen and grease, is, um, of course, they're high in grease. And usually they are fried in, you know, um, veggie oil, uh, soybean oil, things like that, um, that are very heavy and clog up our uterus and clog up our heart. So that is also going to lead to the formation of fibroids. Okay. So um, I would suggest this. Um, this is one that's hard to do. Girl, if you got any tips on a French fry craving thing, let me know because fries, you know, th this is something that I really... <laughs> I, I miss french fries. I really do. But give yourself a treat day. Maybe have them once a month. That's like about what I'm averaging now. And and call it a day and, and be happy with yourself that you're making a good change. Okay. So um, we did a lot on this today. If you have any more questions on fries and um, how trans fats and things like that can start to stack up on us and why it's a good ideas to kind of start to limit them. DM me. I will probably revisit that one um, at another time since we did do kind of um, some in-depth here on fibroids today. Okay. All right, ladies. Now, if you are watching this for the first time, if you have stumbled across me here on YouTube, hey girl, I really hope that you have enjoyed the conversation. Um, I hope that you will give me a like, comment, and that you will subscribe to the channel. If you notice, 
I ain't sat up here and twerked one time. Um, I ain't dropped no F-bombs. I haven't used any profanity. I'm trying to do something positive here and do something different for myself and for the culture. Okay, so support that. Let's start supporting some positivity and, you know, enough of these girls twerking and doing all this gross stuff and and F words every five seconds. And let's support something positive here on YouTube. So go ahead and follow me. Okay, I would love that very much. I would appreciate it very much, too. And um, if you are not a part of our Instagram community, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram as well. Um, we have some fun over there. I am not an Instagram like all day, every day poster, though. I'm trying to improve, but you won't see me that much. Um, and I but when I do come on, I will have something that, you know, is meaningful. Some of it is on nutrition. Some of it may be just on current stuff and, you know, mental health and other things that we talk about here on Work It Lady podcast. So I hope that you will give me a follow on Instagram as well. Okay. All right, ladies, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Ask a Nutrition Coach. Don't forget to DM me your questions and join the live next week. I will see you then. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Nutrition is your new addiction. Go, go on and work it, lady. Yeah, that's how you work it, lady. It's never know, or maybe this is how you get it, baby. Why, why?